What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. As we're talking some Cardinals baseball here, I'm back from Jupiter, Florida. Spent the past week there. Got back uh, Sunday evening into O'Fallon, Missouri, home base. And had a good week covering the Cardinals down there at spring training. But now we're back, and so I'm following along with the rest of y'all out there in Cardinals land. So appreciate you guys for joining in, and we're going to continue to have conversations about the St. Louis Cardinals as the season moves along, or I should say the spring training session, which will then turn into Grapefruit League play here pretty soon. We'll actually get games to talk about, and we'll move on from there into eventually the Cardinals' regular season. Appreciate you guys for joining me here tonight. As always, you can subscribe to the show, Be Shaped Daily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But talking about something a little bit different tonight, there will be a new avenue to consume the show that hopefully will not be very complicated for me to get up and running and will have no issues. It'll be seamless transition. Uh, we're going to put the show on YouTube as well is the goal as I'm talking here, recording a video also for the first time. And so you like YouTube, that's another way that you can consume B-Shape Daily. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I anticipate that I will tweet it out so that if you follow me on Twitter at B-Shape 12, you'll be able to find it there. But uh, we'll try to get that going. Just another way for me to disseminate the content of the show, and hopefully we'll be able to do some fun stuff over there. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. I believe the name of my channel is Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. Um, maybe I'll change that name of the channel if I start doing some other content for it. But for now, that's, I think, what most people know me as, so that's what we'll roll with. Today, I want to talk about something in particular on B-Shape Daily. Um, sometimes we'll have shorter episodes. This is going to be one of those times where, and again, I say that all the time, and then sometimes it doesn't actually come to fruition, so we'll see. But today I want to talk about uh, something that we were seeing down at camp from Tuesday. The reporters down there were all over this, and it's it pertains to the Cardinals outfield situation. And I want to get into that a little bit today. Tyler O'Neill taking some reps in center field. Is that a center field competition between Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, of course, the incumbent, and maybe does Lars Newtbar get involved in that competition as well? Why are the Cardinals doing this? What purpose could it serve? I want to kind of go over my thoughts on that and uh, do a little speculation about where the Cardinals might be going here. So we saw this. I, uh, John Denton is who I saw tweeting about it. Cardinals beat writer for MLB.com. At John Denton555 on Twitter. And he was making note of Tyler O'Neill's defensive positioning. When the Cardinals were doing live batting practice and things of that nature, O'Neill was in center field. And good video that John put on there of Tyler O'Neill ranging into the right center field gap to, to track down a baseball. He's got the ability to play center field. I don't think there's any doubt about that in terms of his athleticism. Two-time gold glover in left field. Um, Tyler O'Neill is fast enough. I think he's got the defensive instincts to play center field. There's no question about that for me. But maybe the durability would be a question, right? Uh, the thing for Tyler O'Neill in recent years has been, is he going to be able to stay on the field? And for the Cardinals this year, I think that's, been something they've been focusing on with him in the offseason, working with him because he's always been the the bodybuilder background. He lifts 
very ferociously, right, as we all know, and insists on that being a part of his makeup. It's part of what makes him Tyler O'Neill, and in many ways, that's a very good thing. He wouldn't have the raw power and the ability to just mash a baseball the way that he can if it weren't for that background. But the Cardinals are hoping to get the most out of Tyler O'Neill this season by seeing him consistently able to be on the field. And so it's been a factor in the offseason for him that they encouraged, I think, some different elements of his workouts at his training to make sure the durability is something that he can count on in 2023. Last year, his numbers, not that great. Finished the season with a 700 OPS, and by his standards, that's a disappointment. I mean, especially by the standard that he put together in 2021 when he finished eighth in the MVP voting a 9-12 OPS, had the 34 home runs, was a stolen base guy, drove in 80 runs, had batting average at 286, was a career high, uh, got on base, slugged. He did it all. You know, he won a gold glove as well. So that is just about as valuable of a baseball player as you could possibly be, what Tyler O'Neill was for the Cardinals in 2021. But the numbers, like I mentioned, 700 OPS this past year, didn't really follow that up. The batting average took a hit on base, slugging across the board. He took a hit. Ended up with 14 home runs, which is not the same ratio, uh, but missed a lot of games too. Just 96 games and 383 plate appearances for Tyler O'Neill last season. A lot of that was the on and off with the injured list, right? He was on the list multiple different stints throughout the season. And ultimately, uh, when he was out there, right, was he probably the healthiest? Maybe not. Always having to fight through injuries. That makes it difficult. And he also had, you know, speaking of an off-the-field situation sort of for Tyler O'Neill as I put the microphone down here I got to take a water break at some point right um Tyler O'Neill last season had the arbitration thing that he had to deal with going into the season and he has admitted since that it weighed on him to have that factor not resolved before the beginning of the year and that wasn't Tyler O'Neill's fault by the way that was the MLB lockout's fault if it were any other offseason, it would have been dealt with in February. But, of course, the Cardinals weren't even in camp in February last year because of the lockout. So that bled into the regular season, and maybe that had an impact on Tyler a little bit. He's human. How could it not would kind of be my reaction to that. But that wasn't the only thing at play, right? The injuries were at play. And so we all know disappointing season for O'Neill. The question is... Can he bounce back offensively? I think that's the biggest question. Can he stay on the field, and can he be what he was or something close to what he was in 2021 at the plate? And if so, the Cardinals will be set for left field. But the reason they're trying him out in center field, the the point of this podcast today, I think is kind of obvious, but there's a couple of reasons for it. One is, well, Dylan Carlson didn't have a great season last year either. The numbers offensively weren't there for him. No question about his ability to patrol center field. I don't think anybody doubts him in that regard. Uh, When the Cardinals traded Harrison Bader, Dylan kind of made the center field spot his own, and I thought he did a really good job of that. But offensively, what was the problem for Carlson? Couldn't hit right-handed pitching last year, right? And he's a switch hitter, so that makes it a little tricky because you might just say, well, maybe you're better from the other side of the plate. Just bat right-handed. That's become kind of a popular thing for people, uh, social media, to say, I know the answer. It's obvious you should do this. I think we should step back sometimes and realize that we don't always have all the answers uh, to the extent that MLB players do. They know their games better than we do. 
and Carlson's always been a switch hitter. So I don't think necessarily that they're going to jump to that as the conclusion. Same thing with Tommy Edmond when he had some struggles from one side of the plate last year, ultimately was able to level that out toward the end of the season. But for Carlson, like right-handed pitching was a struggle, and that is the majority of what you see in Major League Baseball nowadays. Um, so what do the Cardinals do about that if Dylan goes into this season and it wasn't because of the wrist, it turns out he just maybe isn't on that level, that caliber of a hitter where he can consistently do damage against right-handed pitching. What do the Cardinals do then? Because do you devote the everyday center field job to Dylan Carlson based on defense alone? Or do you look at it and say, we need more offensive production from that spot. If Dylan can do it against lefties, that's great, but it's going to be more of a platoon situation um, because he's struggling against righties. That's what it was at the end of last season. I mean, if you go look, pretty much all of September, Carlson wasn't starting against right-handed pitching all too often. It was pretty much consistently he was playing against lefties and riding the bench against righties down the stretch. And so an offseason goes by. Hopefully the wrist was what was impacting him, and that's a major reason that he struggled. That's what maybe the Cardinals are counting on a little bit. But if that wasn't the case, you got to have a backup plan. I think, for center field. And so it makes sense to take a guy who's been a two-time gold glover at one of the corner spots and give him some run in center to see if he can't handle that position as well. Tyler played a little bit of center down the stretch last year, I believe, uh, in September. You saw him here and there. Lars Newpark played a little bit of center. Cardinals could go that route as well. Remember going into this uh, new season, though, Ali Marmol had said publicly of only one outfielder that this guy's going to be an everyday player. And that guy was Lars Newpark. Not O'Neill, not Carlson, Lars Newpark. Where the Cardinals might want to play him, I assume probably a corner spot, but it would be nice in spring training to be able to find out if he can play some center as well. Which, again, I think they stuck him in there a few times last year. He could do it in a pinch. Defensively, I think the best alignment for the Cardinals is to have Carlson in center field, but the bat has to dictate that to an extent, I think, too especially that's the first part is you got to have backup options in case Carlson doesn't paint out offensively. If it's defensively, I want Carlson out there. If Carlson's in the lineup, I think it should be in center. I think that should be his spot because I think he showed the range and just the playmaking ability. Um, New park could maybe do it. I, I think I prefer Carlson in that spot for now. As for Tyler, I think O'Neill could do it, but like I mentioned, the durability, do you have more concerns about putting him in center field? Uh, where he's got more ground to cover, if he's going full speed, running into a wall, diving to make more catches, do you put him at further risk? He'd probably tell you no. I think realistically, though, that's a factor in... Not, it's not going to keep the Cardinals from trying him out there, clearly, because they're doing it. But is it a, enough of a factor to say, hey, if if all else is equal, would we prefer O'Neal and left? I don't know if the team feels that way. I Personally, I think I would. Uh, so... We'll see the way that that shakes out. But the other aspect of it, besides just needing a, a backup option in case Dylan falters at the plate, and, and I mean, generally, you need other guys that can play center field. Like Oscar Mercado, before I get into the other factor of, of why I think you do this with O'Neill, another guy that could play center field is Oscar Mercado. Um, he could be kind of that Ben Deluzio role, except for he could hit a little more than Deluzio did last year for St. Louis. Mercado was a guy that was with the Cardinals. They traded him away in 2018. And then he actually had a good, at least a good rookie campaign with the Cleveland Indians at the time, now the Guardians. 
but has sort of floated around, and I, I think he's got an edge in terms of maybe a potential to make the team because I think Ollie Marmel really likes the guy. And I, it's not that I think he does. He said he does. He he raved about him back at winter warm-up when he was asked, the, the Cardinals manager, asked about Oscar Mercado. He's got a minor league uh, contract, non-roster invite to spring training. Could certainly see him as the 26th man on the roster, depending on the readiness of maybe some of the other guys. And, and also depending on the health of guys like O'Neill, because if you've got enough backup center fielders on the team, maybe you, you don't have to put Mercado on it. He could be a luxury that you could stash him in the minors and potentially call him up if needed um, as, as more of a defense first replacement, but can also handle the bat a little bit too. Um, but I, that's still an opportunity. I think that that could exist for Mercado. But the reason, the other reason that I think more so than than just needing a backup center fielder, that you give this opportunity to Tyler O'Neill, I think it pertains perhaps to prospects like Alec Burleson and and maybe more importantly to to a lot of people Jordan Walker, because if you have those two guys, and they hit really well in spring camp, what is their opportunity with the big league club? Not probably center field, even though the Cardinals have said, yeah, Jordan Walker's going to play all three spots. They might throw him out there in center field in, in the spring just to get him reps. I don't have an issue with that. But when you get into the regular season, especially if the guy is is getting to the point where he's going to get a call up and he's going to play in the major leagues this year, for a guy that didn't start playing outfield until July 31st of last year, um, that was right after the Harrison Bader trade, do you really need to force it? Do you really need to put him in into center field just because you want to see if he can do it. I'm talking in the regular season. Probably not, in my opinion. I think you just go ahead and let him be in the corners with that big frame. I think he's perfect for right field. Once he gets acclimated to the position, he's got a big arm. You've heard stories about him throwing guys out from the warning track, throwing seeds to second base um, after maybe misplaying a ball a little bit, but the arm talent is there, fits for right field. He doesn't have to be a gold glover, but I think... He gets a little more accustomed to the outfield. You could put Jordan Walker in right. But again, Lars Nupar is has been your right fielder, right? So then let's say we're talking a hypothetical in which Jordan Walker forces his way onto the roster because the bat is just you can't you can't ignore it. He's gonna play. That's great news for Cardinals fans, but then what do you do with the alignment? Okay, so Nupar's gotta go somewhere. He could go to left or center. Center solves some issues, and I think that's why the Cardinals would give him opportunities this spring to try it. Um, but if he goes to left and Tyler O'Neill can handle center, that's just as well. And the same kind of goes for Alec Burleson, which I don't think as many people are talking about him, but given the makeup of what he was at the minors, could you see Burleson having a really strong spring offensively or even be a guy that starts the year in Memphis but is just tearing it up so much again that when the first opportunity due to injury or underperformance or whatever at the big league level comes about, there you go. It's Alec Burleson's time to shine. That would again happen either in the DH spot, but you've got some infielders maybe devoted to that position too, or a corner outfield spot. And so if your top hitting prospects, the guys that we talk about, hey, there's competition. The Cardinals have insisted there's competition this spring for at-bats for opportunities on this club. We're not guaranteeing anything to the outfielders. The incumbents, that may be one thing, but we're not saying, hey, they're guaranteed that spot again. If that's true, the guys that would take their place potentially, if they earn it, are guys like Jordan Walker and Alec Burleson. If those opportunities are to be considered legitimate and real, okay, you got to put those guys into your outfield mix. 
which would then mean potentially bumping over somebody like Newbar or O'Neill into center field. Again, that's if Carlson can't handle it. There's a world in which Carlson comes out and is the the top prospect type of player that the Cardinals hoped he would be when uh, when they called him up, right? When they had him in their minor league system. And if he does that, then great. The Cardinals have a good problem on their hands. But the flexibility and the versatility as an option, I think, is important for the team as well. And so I think that's part of why they are trying this out in spring. Tyler O'Neill in center field. Like I said, I imagine you'll get some new bar in center field too. And that just gives you more flexibility when we find out where the pieces fit. Because if you've got five guys, and we'll name them, Newt Barr, O'Neill, Carlson, Walker, Burleson, uh, does Juan Yepes maybe fit into the outfield mix a little bit? The one thing I'll say about Juan Yepes that I don't know how much has been talked about yet, uh, he came to camp looking trim. I mean, that guy definitely lost some weight in the offseason, I think in a good way. And so could that allow him to maybe handle some more reps in the outfield, move around a little better out there? Uh, perhaps. I don't know that you should read too far into that, but he does look like he's in great shape. And Juan Yepes just hits. I mean, that's something that I think we kind of forget. At every level he's ever been, all he's done is mash. He hit the home run in the playoff game. That was really the only offense the Cardinals had going for him that day. Would it surprise anybody for Yepes to just have a great spring or to come into the regular season and be tearing it up, and it's just the bat plays. It's one of those situations where he continues to hit, so you've got to find room for him in the lineup. If that happens, maybe he continues to get some looks in the outfield, like Brendan Donovan. That could happen too. Um, Brendan Donovan's a gold glover because he played multiple positions. Would it make most sense to stick him at second base? Yes, but here's another guy that you don't want to forget about, Nolan Gorman. I know we, we said we were talking about the outfield, but all of this sort of pertains because if Nolan Gorman is doing the thing I just said Yepes might do, he is coming into camp looking great, which when Ollie was asked about who has come in with their their physical appearance, their body looking good, looking sharp, his response wasn't Yepes, even though if you look at Yepes, I think that applies. His response was Nolan Gorman has come into camp looking really good, looking really strong. So if the guy who was a top prospect last year and then hit 14 home runs as a rookie despite inconsistent playing time, like if that guy ends up being really strong and just forces his way into the lineup, whether that's at DH or at second base, because those are really the only two spots you're going to see him, uh, then what happens to Brendan Donovan, who was one of the, the best on-base guys for the team last year, and they were willing to stick him in the outfield some. So I think that's another situation that could impact the outfield where you say, hey, these guys are forcing their issue and finding ways into the lineup because the, their bat needs to be in there. Outfield is a place that those guys could go in a world where three of the five that we're talking about don't meet expectation. And last year, you can make a case that three of the five that we're talking about didn't really meet expectation. Maybe two of the five. Carlson didn't offensively meet expectation. Tyler O'Neill offensively and in terms of durability did not meet expectation. And so wait and see. The Cardinals, I don't think, I think that's where they talk about competition. I don't think internally they're rooting for any one of these guys to say, oh, I really hope it's this guy. Because you can make the case that all of them have pretty good upside. Like Tyler O'Neill's upside, we've seen it. Eighth place MVP. That was 2021. He did that. Won a gold glove in the same year. So they know what the upside is with him. Carlson, former top prospect. If he hits right-handed pitching, he's a guy who's going to accumulate five wins above replacement with just a you know league average production offensively. You can have a 745 OPS 
which I don't think he I don't think he was there last year, but he could go 740 OPS and play gold glove caliber defense, gold glove finalist defense in center field. And and at that point, he's a four to five win player, I would have to think. So like those upsides are undeniable. Lars Newpart, the upside's undeniable. 780 some odd OPS last year. He accumulated close to three wins above replacement and did not even play a full season by any stretch. Cardinals have high hopes for him. Um, he could be batting in the one or the two spot in the lineup, just kind of like he was at the end of the season toward the playoffs. So the upside there is undeniable. Jordan Walker, I don't need to tell you about his upside. Uh, Alec Burleson, I do believe has upside at the bat. Defensively, he's maybe more of a DH, but again, sometimes these guys come out, they work hard in the offseason, like we forget and put these guys into buckets sometimes. Like, okay, that's what I expect from this guy. That's what I. But Alec Burleson was a top 100 prospect at times last year in Major League Baseball. And the bat is legitimate. And what if he had an offseason where he really took to heart some of the things that he needed to learn and he ends up making strides? You won't be able to ignore that bat. So I'm not saying any or all of them are going to do these things, but you could see upside in all five of them. And then guys like Yepes and Donovan, who if they hit the way that they had at times last year, it's almost one of those deals where who cares where they're playing? You just have to get them in the lineup. So I think, first of all, that kind of, explains partially why the Cardinals did not sign a left-handed veteran relief, uh, not reliever, a left-handed outfield bat or just a bat in general from the left side in the offseason because, as you heard from John Mosellock at winter warm-up, he said, we were in that market, but some of the names that we were after, I don't think those guys were too convinced that our opportunity was real, that the opportunity they would have had with the Cardinals was real because they looked around and saw those those bats already on the roster to potentially take that job the Cardinals were looking for some protection in case that doesn't happen, but I think you have enough names, you know, especially if you count guys like Gorman and Donovan among that, where a number of them have to paint out. That almost That's the bet the Cardinals are making. And so where they play, that maybe remains to be seen. But I think that all goes into explaining why the Tyler O'Neill and center field thing. Do you have a concern about the durability? Yeah, maybe so. I think that would be the number one concern, but wouldn't you have that even with him just playing left field? He got hurt three different times last year playing left field. So I don't know how much it changes things. I think it's a good idea to go ahead and try it based on the roster, based on the way it shakes out, because you don't get to pick which guys pan out offensively. If it's not Carlson, but it is O'Neal, you need to be having the the ability to put O'Neal somewhere else. If it's not O'Neal and it's not Carlson, but Newpar's the guy. But Alec Burleson emerges as a, as a good bat. You need to be able to stick him in left with Jordan Walker in right. Okay, now you have that opportunity. Or maybe it's Juan Yepes. You need to be able to stick him in a corner because O'Neal is hurt and Carlson's not hitting. And not to keep picking on Carlson. I'm just kind of giving you permutations of what it could look like, Cardinals fans. It, it could very well be that Dylan Carlson's just great, but the guy's in the corner. Newpar struggles. O'Neal struggles or can't stay healthy. And then you say, okay, it's good. Dylan Carlson's probably the center fielder in that case. But now it, it gives us the ability, because Dylan Carlson's a good defender, we can put Donovan in the corner, even though he's not as good of an outfielder. We can put Yepes in the other corner, even though he's not as good at covering ground in the outfield. That's sort of what it looks like to me. A lot of different ways this could go. We all kind of maybe have our opinions on what we think will happen, on the way we think it will shake out. But I think that's where the Cardinals are able to say, hey, this competition that we're bringing up over and over again in spring camp, it's genuine. There is competition out there. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of which of these 
you, you can isolate it to the outfielders and say which of these three to five guys take advantage. Or then you can even throw in the infield slash outfielders, guys like Donovan, guys like Yepes, and say which of these seven guys are going to pan out for maybe the four spots we have on a daily basis, if you count the DH. It's interesting. I really do think it's going to be intriguing. I think the Cardinals, though, have enough as an offense if they stay healthy and a number of these guys perform. That's the way they're that's the way they're viewing it. That's the bet that they're making. But from the outfield perspective specifically, the more guys that can play center field, the better. I think that's the way that it breaks down. That's really all I got, though, for this edition of B-Shafe Daily. If you've got topics like this that you see emerging from spring training, I want you to let me know. At B-Shafer12 on Twitter, hit me up, and we can spend 25 minutes on just one topic like we did today. This is the time of year to do those sorts of things. As spring camp evolves, there will be more news that drops, and we'll be able to, to talk about that stuff as well. But uh, for right now, at bshafer12 on Twitter, I want your feedback. I want your comments. I want you to let me know, too, what you think about the YouTube. Check it out on YouTube. Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. Um, let me know what you think about this format, what I could do to make it better. This is it was something I've thought about doing for a long time, but it's never happened because I'm always thinking, well, I don't know how to do the video. It's going to look clunky. Yeah, so what? That's kind of where I'm at on this. So what? At first it will but then I'll get better at it, and then it'll be another way that people can enjoy the show. And that's really the bottom line is expanding my reach so they can make a career out of this thing, right? Talking Cardinals, writing Cardinals, that's the game. So thank you all for your support. Remember to check out Patreon too, patreon.com slash bshafer12 if you want to support me that way. Uh, you can do that on a monthly basis. And by the way, check this out. I, I did a video today with Charlie Marlowe. Uh, he's got his YouTube channel up and rolling, and he, he put the video on there. He tweeted it out at his uh, Twitter account too. So check out the video that Charlie and I did. Let me know if you like that sort of stuff. It's not always feasible for me to have guests on B-Shafe Daily, but I'll try to do it when I can. But a lot of times it's 11 p.m. I'm recording this solo so that the content gets out there and that maybe doesn't work for everybody's schedule. But if you like the video with Charlie, let us let us both know. Like, comment, give us that feedback so that we can say, all right, that's something that the people that are watching or listening, they want more of this kind of stuff. So we'll do it. That's sort of the bottom line here. Thank you guys for listening to B-Shape Daily, for watching B-Shape Daily if you're attached to the YouTube today. Uh, appreciate you guys as always, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.